there's probably not too many men alive that I respect as much as I respect this guy. He didn't even know that. But anybody that would be faithful to the call of God, the way he has been for all the years that I've known him, uh, deserves respect. And uh, he's just continued to do with a servant's heart what God wanted him to do all these years. Uh, he's uniquely gifted in, in many ways. In some ways, he's just unique, and we forgive him for that. But uh, <laughs> but he is very uh, talented. He, he teaches the Greek classes uh, at college, and uh, so that gives you a little uh, insight into his level of uh, in intellectual ability. But uh, I've known him all, all these years. We're actually in college together, um, and just he's just been faithful. He's been the same person, uh, just serving God, doing what God wants, and you know, working a bus ministry, whatever, just serving the Lord. And uh, I appreciate that about him. And now they've got this change and moving on to the next step, what God has for them. At, at a time when, you know, life should be getting a little bit easier. You know, the kids are grown and you know, that weight's off. And, you know, first first grandkid here and, you know, going to hit the road and, and be gone. And uh, But he's just saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's what you want. Yes, Lord. And uh, anyways, I just appreciate him doing that, his testimony. And I pray that the message that's brought this morning will, will speak to your hearts. Please, uh Give him an ear and uh, ask the Lord to do something with the word this morning. Brother Armacost, you come. All right, thank you very much. Uh, great uh, privilege to be able to be here with you this morning and um, appreciate the uh, opportunity. Of course, Jennifer enjoyed the opportunity to speak yesterday to the uh, ladies and uh, glad that uh, we had the opportunity to come in for that. And uh, it was Along with that was my uh, blessing, was being able to talk with a lot of the men here uh, in the setup and cleanup from that. So growing up, uh, the church that uh, we were in once a year had a, a ladies' conference, and it was, it was kind of exciting, this, the excitement of the men getting ready for the ladies' conference, because we knew there was going to be a lot of setup and cleanup to do, but uh, just jumping in and helping with that has always been a, a blessing, so we thank you for that. I thank the Lord for... Uh, Pastor and Mrs. Petrell, and uh, thinking back through now, um, very few people I think we could say this about, but uh, over 30 years of unbroken fellowship, uh, you know, to think about that, and um, just the blessing through the years that they've uh, been to us, and I won't go into a lot of detail, but um, uh, when we were, uh, when they were still out in Indiana, um, Pastor Petrell helped us with a major house renovation, and we had hired him to do that. And then um, when it was nearly done, he said, the Lord laid it on my heart to not charge you anything for that. So what a blessing that was to us at that time, and what a just um, an expression of, uh, of generosity and friendship uh, that really was. So, uh, But praise the Lord for Hunt Valley Baptist Church and what, what you have here. Um, my dad grew up in Finksburg, worked on a farm there just off of 140, and um, he went to the Air Force from there, and after basic training, 
uh, in Texas, he was sent to Scott Air Force Base and just outside of St. Louis, where a friend said one night, hey, I've got the buses out here. They're going to take anybody that wants to go down to hear an evangelist preach at the St. Louis Arena. Would you like to come? And my dad had grown up in church, so he said, sure, I'd love to come. But that night, he heard for the first time ever um, from the Bible that salvation is by grace through faith alone in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Church he'd grown up in had taught him and preached that uh, you got to do a lot of good works because when you get to heaven, there's going to be a scale. And the good works are going on one side and the bad works are going on another. So he'd grown up like that. And so after getting out of the service, the Lord uh, <clears throat> continued to uh, lead him to good churches and uh, my sister and I uh, were raised in a, in a in a good church. The first church that I remember going to, uh, this would be in the mid-70s, was Perry Hall Baptist Church and the first memories of that church was my dad driving the church bus uh, and then when I was about five he moved us uh, to the great state of West Virginia. Uh, he started a, a business out there, a car repair business and so that's where home really was but the First few years were out here, but in our church growing up, our pastor always challenged the church members regularly to do, to do something when it came time for missions. He said, I'd like everybody in the church, from the youngest to the oldest, to pick a country and to pray about that country. Pray the Lord would send forth laborers, Matthew chapter 9, into that country. Learn about that country and pray about it. And also, I want everybody in church to pick a city in America. Pray for that city and pray that the Lord would send forth laborers into that city. Well, it was sort of natural for my dad and by extension me to pick the city of Baltimore. That's where he essentially was from. I was born at Greater Baltimore Medical Center and so uh, Orioles fans and you know, there's the whole, the whole thing there. So we prayed for Baltimore and, and did for many years and you know, it was... I just remember telling my dad when I heard about Hunt Valley Baptist Church being started in the Baltimore area, Baltimore County for sure, as you all know well, Baltimore County, right? The Lord was starting uh, a church um, in the county that we'd been praying for for many years. My dad never made it here, but um, and he's passed away about five years ago. But it was a great joy for us to, to hear him say, boy, we prayed for Baltimore for all those years, and, and look what the Lord's done. And so I can't help but think now as he looks down from heaven, he's excited and happy about what's happening here when Pastor Petrell talked about the opportunity, the need for to further the reach of Hunt Valley into different ministries and what it takes to do that. It certainly takes people and it takes willing people and it's not easy, know that, but praise the Lord for what's been done and what uh, the vision is for Hunt Valley and the surrounding areas. And so I'd like to share that with you and encourage all of us to continue to pray for laborers. And as we do, the Lord may do what he did to me, as certainly over the last number of years, uh, Burma has been on my heart and then was able to visit now four years ago with my son for 10 days. And I knew coming back and I told my wife, I've got to do something Got to do something. This, this missions trip was a little different, and uh, we thought it was going to be to get young men excited about it and take a trip over there, which we had one lined up for August of 2020. Got about 10 guys ready to go for three weeks, 
And uh, certainly COVID stopped that, but uh, the Lord made it super clear during that time that it wasn't them this time, it was, it was us. But it's just praying for laborers, putting ourselves in a position for God to use us however that he wants. It's often to stay right where we're at and to be faithful and serve and to be um, uh, a part of what is going on and to, to grow in the Lord and to witness to those around us as we heard preached and uh, taught in Sunday school this morning. But sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's to go to another place in America or maybe around the world to a country. The Lord takes care of that. He's the Lord of the harvest. It's up for us to be in a position and a place spiritually where he can just have control and can guide and direct in our lives. So we're grateful for, the again, the time here where happy our our, our, one of our daughters was married uh, last month, and then now she's a betrayal. How about that? So uh, she married John, and uh, one of the great blessings for us was to have uh, Dr. Roger Betrell start that wedding ceremony. And uh, you know him. He's so humble. He came up to me right before the service. I'm getting ready to walk Julie down the aisle. And uh, he said, Brother, are you sure that you don't want to do this? I mean, it's your daughter, and it's the wedding. I said, no, I, I'm just here to be her dad uh, today, and uh, we, we can't think of anyone better that we'd like to open this service in prayer than Dr. Patrell. And so what a blessing he's been, and uh, certainly, um, you know, talking about a, a Christian heritage, uh, you can see uh, in Julie's husband, John, just some of that spirit uh, that undoubtedly um, was passed down. And so we're grateful for them and how the Lord has uh, led them uh, there. Um, it's great to look out here and see many people. Some I know, some uh, more than others, uh, but uh, great to spend some time in college with some that are here and then working in college with many that are here. Uh, think of Valerie and Brandon, excited for you all. And of course, Valerie's dad, very special to me. Uh, spent uh, my first three years in Bible college working with him each Saturday and Sunday on the bus route. And so a great um, Thankful for him and his influence in, in our lives as well. I want to thank you for the prophets' chamber and the rooms and the, the meal and the fellowship. Uh, just special to um, be here. We passed Shawan Road, and I remember praying for many years. That name just stands out. Some roads I can't remember. That's just a unique road name, so that just kind of stands out. But praise the Lord for that and uh, that persistence and the faith and. Uh, Excited to see what the Lord will lead uh, in that way. My, uh, again, my, uh, my dad grew up in Finksburg. My grandfather had farmed there, farmed the family, Armacost Farm, for many years, right off 140. And uh, the last 20 years of his life, farming was very difficult, so he had to get out of that and started driving a blacktop truck for C.J. Miller. And I looked it up. It looks like C.J. Miller is still uh, alive and well uh, in this area, but... One of the greatest memories we had as grandkids was we'd come out to the area and and, uh, back when you were able to do this, Granddaddy Armacost would let us, one grandson at a time, spend the day with him driving in that blacktop truck. And so we'd get up at four in the morning, thought we were big stuff. You know, for me, that was like, whoa, what is going on here as an eight-year-old boy? There is a four o'clock in the morning? I didn't know that. But uh, we're excited, got up, and uh, he got his... 
eight o'clock coffee from the old A&P store, got his mug full, and away he went, and uh, talked on the CB radio, and uh, had great times uh, with him, and grateful for his uh, memory, and then my grandmother, his wife, outlived him many years, she just died, and passed away about 10 years ago in Westminster at the age of 102. And so, great testimony, and we'd come and visit, come and visit her at least once a year, take her out, get crab cakes from somewhere, and uh, every time I'd come into her, to her assisted living room there, she'd have her Bible open to some passage of scripture she'd been reading and just wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, and I remember the last time I went there, she had opened up to First Thessalonians, and she said, it talks about the Lord descending from heaven with a shout. And she said, do you believe that talks about the rapture? And I said, I do. She goes, I do too. And we talked about the Lord coming. She wanted to be taken to heaven in the rapture. The Lord saw a fit otherwise, but it was a great blessing to spend that time with her. So we are privileged to have the ability and opportunity to go to the country of Myanmar, a country that as of... 1962, uh, any foreign missionaries would have been expelled at that point. But in the last 10, 12 years, there's some windows of opportunity for missionaries to get into the country through various means. And we're grateful to uh, have found that window and be able to get the gospel into a place that, as we mentioned in the video, has a great, great missions, Baptist missions heritage. Um, But sadly, as liberalism crept into churches in America, it crept into mission agencies and, by extension, missionaries around the world. And so uh, the sad fact is there are those that would, even today, be in some of the larger established Baptist churches that would trace their roots back to a wonderful missionary like Adonai Judson. However, the theology that backs in those churches now is infidelity. They don't even believe the basics of Scripture nor preach them. And so um, it's, a, it's a unique country for sure, uh, but we're excited about the opportunities. 27th most populous country in all the world, 55 million people. The city of Yangon is the largest, it's not the capital, but it's the largest city, uh, 8 million people. And so um, we just go there and we see uh, vast harvest fields, vast white uh, fields, white to harvest and uh, we're excited for the opportunity to get there and to get going on our back table. We have a great tool that uh, in the last few months has been made available, and that's a called a gospel booklet. It's a 16-page, full-color, uh, extensive gospel track from the perspective of someone that uh, would come from a Buddhist background. And so it's, it's longer than most small tracks are. It takes a little bit longer to explain through who God is and, and uh, who Jesus Christ is and, and the, the plan of salvation as it unfolds through uh, Scripture there in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the beginning of that gospel booklet is a testimony of a Buddhist monk who came to know the Lord as a Savior. So it really speaks directly to the people. So excited. There's a printer in Yangon that is printing those for seven cents a copy. He's already printed about a million of those. Several hundred thousand have been distributed, but he's also warehousing uh, those as well. So there are several hundred thousand there in boxes just ready to get passed out. So while we're not uh, learning, while we're learning the language, uh, which will take, um, I don't know, they say 1,100 hours uh, to do that. So we'll see. Uh, But uh, we're excited that we can get those gospel booklets out in the Burmese language to 
people that are everywhere. And uh, certainly to help in the, the Christian school that started there, the Orphanage and Teaching the Bible Institute. We're grateful for that. And Jennifer and I were there last year. It's just you, like, like so many big cities, there's just people everywhere. And so we pray for the Lord's uh, help as we move into uh, this next uh, phase of our lives. And we're looking forward to, Lord willing, heading that way at the end of January is our goal. And it looks to be uh, possible. So we're excited about that. A countdown a little less than 18 weeks from now. When we put weeks in it, it started to really get a hold of us. So we've got a lot to do between now and then. Pray for the visa situation. We'll start that in full in about five weeks. Um, but uh, it's very favorable uh, about that. So great to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. We'll look at Proverbs chapter 24 for just a few minutes here this morning. Proverbs chapter 24. Encourage if you'd like to grab a prayer card off the table there at the back. And um, we're grateful for some uh, young people from our college that helped us out. One with the uh, presentation video, a young man that uh, came through our school and um, he's working at a church in Michigan now. But he said, let me help you with that, and said, we'll take the help. (laughs) And so also uh, we put together a website uh, just to put some information about Myanmar and other things uh, on there. So it's on our, the the, the web address is there on a prayer card at our back table. And so all the pictures that we've taken and uh, even some of the videos from some interesting missions, Baptist history sites in Burma, uh, we put those up there on the website too. So you might find some of those things uh, interesting to see a little bit more uh, visually about the country and hear a little bit more about some of those um, very convicting sites. Uh, The quote that we start our presentation there off with, it's kind of hard to see who that was from, but that was from Adoniram Judson's first wife, Ann Judson. And so she regularly communicated with the churches back in the States about the need for missionaries. And in her communication, she shared that description of the type of men that they need to come to the mission field as missionaries. And so we found that uh, that was a very very, uh, uh, powerful quote, but learning about who it came from even more so. Of course, Anne passed away there in Burma in her mid-30s, and her grave is there. And then just a few months later, their third child passed away. Maria, she is buried right beside and her mom there in a place in Burma. So it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a place that often missionaries in the 1800s, when they were on their way to mission fields in the east, they would stop in Burma and go to that gravesite to be reminded of the sacrifice. And of course, by that time, the Judsons had already uh, lost two children before that. Their first son was uh, stillborn on the way from India to Burma, and their second child, Roger Williams Judson, was the joy of their life as new missionaries in the country, uh, but he got a um, disease and passed away at only eight months old. And so the sacrifice of these missionaries is certainly um, convicting and challenging, um, <clears throat> but we know that um, we're in 2023. <laughs> And the population of Burma when the Judsons arrived was 4 million. The population today is 55 million. So when we think about the expanded need and the population and the people around us, uh, these are things I think the Lord can use us to make sure that our eyes are focused on eternity 
and that things that matter are lined up in the right priorities in our lives. And so we have here in Proverbs chapter 24 a passage um, <clears throat> that deals with a neglected field, a neglected vineyard. Verse 30 says this, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. Lord, I do pray that you bless our brief time here together this morning as we look into your word. May we, as the passage instructs us to do, consider the situation of this field and how it got in the place that it was. And then may we apply that in our own lives as we consider our own lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us to find truth from your word today, to make corrections uh, where necessary. Lord, to tend and care about the things, the areas of our life that matter so deeply that we simply are prone to neglect. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One man said this, I was never guilty of wrong action, but on my account, lives have been lost, trains have been wrecked, ships have gone down at sea, cities have burned, battles have been lost, and governments have failed. I never struck a blow, nor spoke an unkind word, but because of me, homes have broken up, and friends have grown cold, laughter of children has ceased, and wives have shed bitter tears. I intended no evil. But because of me, talent and genius have come to naught. Courtesy and kindness have failed, and the promise of success and happiness has yielded sorrow and even disaster. I have no sound but my silence, no children except grief and disaster. You may not on the instant call me by my name, but surely you are acquainted with me. I am neglect. Neglect is the theme of these verses in Proverbs, and we're told in the middle of them to pause and think about them. And so there's a field that uh, was not doing what it was set aside to do. It wasn't producing the crops that it was set aside and, 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 and set up to do. There's a vineyard that's not producing grapes. and Instead, the stone wall that even marked off this area as a field or this area as a vineyard, the very th thing that separated it from other parts of the land had been broken down and now it's hard to tell the difference between where uh, this, the regular piece of land started and where this supposedly the field began. There wasn't even a marker between the two anymore. The man that wrote Proverbs here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit said, I saw that. And I considered it, at the end of this verse, he said, I received some instruction when I considered this issue of, of neglect. Certainly, this passage speaks of an actual field. There are areas in our lives, certainly, that are similarly prone to neglect unless we are careful, unless we put these important things in our life at a priority? What does it take to keep, to, to make a field and keep a field fruitful? Well, many of those same things and those same truths 
go over into our spiritual life, our Christian lives as well. To get something fruitful is good, but to maintain it in a condition of fruitfulness is where my tendency, our tendency toward neglect can come in. In this passage, the neglect was because a man was procrastinating. He chose a little more sleep instead of the timeliness of getting to the field and getting it taken care of. He chose sleep, so it's procrastination. But other things can come into our lives and push away these important areas of our life. One area that we need to be careful about neglect and not neglecting is our temple. In the Old Testament, a king, Josiah, came to rule. And in a few years, probably through the preaching of Jeremiah, he saw a temple, the temple of God, that was broken down, it was in disrepair, it was used for storage, and God got a hold of his heart and he said, that's going to change. And so he set in plan a, a motion, and he set in motion a plan to get that temple repaired. And in so doing, while doing that, they found the word of God that had also been neglected and left unread. Boy, it's so easy in our life today Two things go hand in hand. If we neglect, we don't worship in a temple now, but we sure do worship in a church and assembled, uh, gather together believers. It's easy when we neglect the assembly to also neglect the word of God in our life. And vice versa, when we're faithful and caring about and the word of God has its priority in our life, so then does our attention to the house of God, the assembly that God has allowed us to be a part of. And so in the Old Testament, the temple was neglected, and it took someone to say, that's going to change. We're going to get this repaired so that God's worship can flow freely the way that it's said to be, meant to be in this place. So we need to take a look about our relationship to our place of worship, our house of worship, and the word of God that God has given to us. Has our faithfulness waned in coming to church? And being a willing servant at church has our attention to our daily reading and and, and meditating on God's word. Is it where it was? Is it where it should be? Our tendency, all of us, our tendency is to let that slip. So today, let's consider those areas of our life. Like we're told here in Proverbs 24, this man considered it, and when he considered it, he received instruction. Another area in our life that can be neglected is the people around us. So just a couple passages, a couple verses, um, chapters, we'll get it right. A couple chapters later in Proverbs, we have this verse, Proverbs 29, 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother shame. So in this passage, we're given a warning about neglecting children, neglecting the time the privilege to teach and train our children. Uh, Once I was uh, coming back from bus visiting, our bus route was about 30 minutes from church. And my daughter, Julie, uh, was about eight. She was with me. She wanted to talk. For some reason, I had a baseball game on, and I kind of ignored her. I was listening to the baseball game. Soon she stopped talking. That night was men's prayer meeting, and I tried to pray. uh, But uh, the men left. I stayed in my office. One of those times where the Lord just wouldn't let you go. The Holy Spirit was doing a number on me. And he said, you know, 
here you come to pray and you're going to teach junior church tomorrow and you're going to bus, but you have this opportunity. You have your daughter who wants to talk to you and share some thoughts. And Julie always had a lot of thoughts, uh, but she wants to share these thoughts. You, you decided baseball over her. <clears throat> That's the way the Holy Spirit gave it to me. And it hurt. And I was up. I kind of walked the floor of that office for a long time. Not perfect, but I said, Lord, help me not to do that again. Help me to not neglect this opportunity. Uh, they, they pass by quickly. Help me to not neglect that important part of life. Paul had to talk to one of his co-workers about not neglecting his ministry in Colossians 4.17. This man was given a ministry, and apparently he was starting to slip. Paul wrote to him and said, take heed to the ministry that you've been given that you fulfill it. Because ministry is what? It's people. It's about people. And if the ministry is neglected, that really means people are neglected. Either Christians who need help, encouraged, rebuked, reproved, uh, prayed with, or lost who need the gospel shared with them. Either way, neglected ministry means neglected people. And there's a stiff price to pay for neglect. It's sometimes it's not as though we go out of our way to neglect things or reject them or walk away from them, but things can just slip And if that keeps going, pretty soon it's like the field that just started to slip a little bit before we know it. It's covered with thorns. It's not being used for the way that it was built to be used for. When the Lord went away, uh, was about to go back to heaven, he gave the parable of the talents. And it's a picture of where, where things are right now. The Lord's gone back to heaven, but he's given us a job to do. And he's gonna come back and ask what we did with the opportunities that he left us. Another thing that can be neglected is opportunities to serve the Lord, to speak for the Lord, to live for the Lord. That time of opportunity isn't forever. And soon the Lord will come back and he will take an account. And that is a real account. And that's a face-to-face, one-on-one, individual account that we do give to God. And that thought helps us care for and tend to the things that truly matter and not neglect them. Salvation can be neglected. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Hebrews 2, 3 asks. Many people don't reject God. They don't reject necessarily Jesus Christ. They simply neglect that call of salvation, that opportunity to be saved for a later time. Paul dealt with people. And some rejected him, but some said, you know, I understand that. I'm almost ready to be a Christian. Or at a more convenient time, I'll come back. Neglect and really ruin can come about when we delay to act on something that the Lord tells us to act on. And most importantly is the plan of salvation. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord as your Savior, let me encourage you to not delay any longer to not neglect that call of salvation it's an opportunity that the Lord has given for you today in this place Hunt Valley would love nothing more than to know that if you're here today without the Lord that before the service ends you get that matter settled because eternity is at stake and that is so very important I had a cousin pass away about 10 years ago and uh, very successful, uh, <clears throat> grew up, um, uh, when his, his, dad, uh, his dad was uh, my dad's brother, grew up right here in Finksburg, 
very successful, and uh, cousin moved to San Diego, and a very athletic, healthy, wealthy business. Ten years ago, just before Christmas, the doctor said, you found some cancer, I think we'll be able to treat it. A couple weeks later, they said, this is, wow, this is further along than what we thought. And soon after the turn of the year, he had gone off into eternity. My uncle said the last words that he heard from his son's mouth, the last words he remembers was, Dad, I had my whole life planned out before me, and now it's not going to happen. And at that point, all the wealth and the health and everything that he could have lived for didn't mean anything. And we all know that's appointed unto men once to die. But after the list, the judgment. And those Bible truths are so easy to let slip and to neglect for us to put aside and for us to get our priorities off. And in so doing, we don't tend to the things that we should tend to. There's an invitation in the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. Whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. That invitation is an invitation for anyone. Whosoever is one of the most beautiful Bible words. But that invitation is an invitation that requires a decision. It's a choice. The Lord does not force anyone to be saved or become his child, but he offers it to all. Let's not neglect that invitation to salvation uh, today. So today, when we think about our passage here, we think about a great potential that wasn't met because the field and the vineyard was neglected. So we think about our message today. Maybe there's some responsibilities, some opportunities, our church attendance and our Bible reading, our children, our ministries, certainly the matter of salvation. Let it not be neglected. Make a decision today that these things that matter most of all for eternity will be tended to with care. And again, if you're here today, maybe you're not a visitor. Maybe you've been coming for a long time, but you know in your heart you're not saved. Let me encourage you to not neglect that offer, that invitation, not from me, from the Lord Jesus Christ any longer. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely.